Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So I guess there will be people watching this who actually don't know me. So just a little bit about me. My name is Dick Ord. I'm married to Mandy and we have three grown-up children, Ben, Josie and Josh. And we were guardians for Billy, who was with us for 10 years as well. We also have three grandchildren. I'm part of the oversight team here at Freedom Church and I've been involved in different roles of leadership for over 30 years. I also run my own business. So I wasn't born, I wasn't brought up, I wasn't born, that would be a bit odd, wouldn't it? I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, in fact, far from it. When I was 19, I made what I can probably look back on now, quite an impulsive decision to become a Christian during a Saturday evening church meeting. I was led in a prayer where I asked Jesus to forgive me of all the wrong things, that's attitudes as well as actions, that I'd ever done that were separating me from having a friendship with him. I asked him to come into my life and give me a brand new start. And that's exactly what he did. Coming to faith completely changed the desire and the direction of my life. And I experienced the truth of a verse we find in the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that says, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation and all things become brand new. So what have I learnt in lockdown? Well, let me start by reading a passage of scripture from the New Testament that I've been considering for some time now. This is a passage being read by the, being written rather, by the elderly apostle Paul and he was writing to a young church leader called Timothy and he said these words. I have fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith, Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to everyone who has longed for his appearing. As a person who likes to be in control and organised, particularly in my work life, I have found it Uh, quite difficult through the lockdown time particularly and continually challenging as well at the moment. As a Christian, putting into practice what I know in my head has been a challenge to actually live it out. I've learnt that sometimes running this race can be quite difficult. The man who wrote those words that we read from just now knew what he was talking about. Let me give you a few of the things that he went through in his life. He says this, I worked much harder, I've been in prison, been flogged and exposed to death again and again. I've been lashed with whips, beaten with rods, pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the moon. I've been in danger from rivers, bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city and danger in the country, in danger at sea and in danger from false believers. I've laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked and beside everything else, 
I face the daily pressure of my concern for the churches. And yet he could say at the end of, the, at the end of his, uh, this part of his life, I fought the good fight, I finished the race and kept the faith. Just think about that for a moment. Two weeks ago, in answer to the same question of what have I learned during lockdown, Elspeth asked us, is your God too small? And I want to ask us today, how are you getting on with your race? Are you still fighting the good fight or do you feel that you've lost already? Are you keeping the faith or for you does it seem just a distant memory? I trust with a few pointers that I'm going to give us this morning by way of reminder that it will help us all if we feel that way to get up and get going again. So I'm going to give us four points initially and the first one and for me this is the most important. If you've stopped doing it pick up your Bible again and read it. Get into a daily reading plan and do it. Listen to it, memorise it, make it an absolute priority in your life. And if you've struggled with praying, it can be a good guide to help you with that as well. I remember a preacher from some time ago called Walter Cowell. He's moved addresses now, he lives in glory. He used to start every message when he was preaching by asking those in the congregation to pick up their Bibles and wave them in the air like that. And he would say, it's good to see so many people bringing their swords to church. You see, if you're going to defend yourself in the fight, you will need to be familiar with your sword. So friends, I urge you, if you've put it down, if you've let it slip, if other things have taken its place, bring them right back into the priority of your life. Number two, be careful of distractions. <clears throat> They can lead us off the path. We're bombarded with information today, particularly in the news, and not all of it is good. Some news reports will contain an element of truth, but not always the whole story. We get news of heat waves, fires, floods, violence and famine, and if that's all we dwell on, we can become anxious and even fearful. Friends, God is still in control. What else is there that can distract us? In the news feed on my phone just a few days ago, it, there was um, a title there and it said, would you like to know what's in store for you today? And I thought, wow, that's interesting. It said, we have your horoscope. Horoscopes are not okay. Or are they just a bit of fun? They are a demonic distraction that can lead you away from really trusting in God. Also, I've had invitations on Facebook from certain girls who I've never heard of who want to be my friend and show me some pictures. In the click of a button, I can be led into a world of compromise. Getting involved with those things can lead into a very compromised secret life and can wreck your faith unless you repent of them if that's you, don't waste any more time, but respond at the end of this meeting and get someone to pray with you. These are real things, people. 
real things that affect all of us and that we can easily get long, you know, drawn into. Number three, be careful what comes out of your mouth. What you say carries great power. Just as when you became a Christian, you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, the Bible says that you will be saved. In Psalm 17, verse 3, David, writing this particular psalm, said this, I have resolved that with my mouth I will not sin. In Psalm 141, verse 3, also David, but this time praying, he said, Lord, set a guard over my mouth. Keep watching over the door of my lips. Sometimes it's good to talk to yourself. I know some people do it much more than others, but there we go. When anxiety or fear look to be getting the better of you, it is good to say out loud, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. See, you're making a declaration when you say something like that. And a declaration can bring into fruition. Even Dave, David, King David, in the Psalms again, recorded in 103, gave himself a little talking to. Maybe you don't do, that, do this for yourselves, but I have to do it for me. And he said in Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, which I want to read to you now. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. And just in case his body wasn't listening, he said it again. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. In God I will trust and not be afraid. Friends, it is so important to align our words with what the Bible says rather than the news we hear or even what our friends around us can be saying. It is so important. Friends, do it. Take note of that, please. And number four, don't let yourself be cut off from church. Friends, we need to be in church. We need to be in fellowship. The church is God's idea. It's not Sim's idea, it's not my idea, it's God's idea. And it's his idea because he knows that's where you will flourish best. If you can come to church, I, I guess, I know for some people it's a very difficult thing at the moment with the COVID still going on, but there, for some people it's become a very convenient way of doing church, just watching it online. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, friends, but we do miss you. If you can come to church, we really want to see you. You really help to build us up by your presence there. Hallelujah. So four points. Read your Bible. Avoid distractions. Be careful what comes out of your mouth. And don't cut yourself off. Those are the four things that we need to do. But now I want to come to the best bit. I've saved the best till last. In the second part of the passage we read earlier, Paul said this. He said, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, 
which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also those who have longed for his appearing. I want to tell you about a particular favourite part for me of the Olympics have just finished, but one particular part stands out in my mind. And it was the men's high jump. If you didn't see it, it was, uh, it was between, at the very end, for the gold and silver medals, between a, a man called Barshim from Qatar and Tamberi. I haven't got a clue whether I pronounced those correctly, but they're an Italian who both managed the same height, but they couldn't manage the next height higher. I mean, we're talking over 2.3 metres. I can barely reach that high, let alone jump it. It was an awesome thing to watch. Um, so then the, when the judge said, you'll have to have a playoff, I don't know what that would have meant. One of them asked him if they could both share the gold medal, to which the judge said, if you're both in agreement, then yes. As it happens, both of these guys were really good friends and they agreed. It was a wonderful moment and they both celebrated getting a gold together. You know, at the end of this race, and it will be the end of the race for every one of us at some time, there will be in store for us a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge will award. For me on that day, I will have to say, Lord, I couldn't have run this race or got this far without you. A prayer that we know so well and a prayer which I've prayed many, many times is part of the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but it says there, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. And, you know, it literally means, Lord, you know how weak and how prone I am to going astray. Would you please keep me? There's a lovely old hymn that we don't sing too often and it's the, 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 the old hymn called Amazing Grace. I know we did sing earlier, but not the same version. And it says, one of the verses says this, through many a danger, toil and snare, I have already come. His grace has brought me safe thus far and his grace will lead me home. You see, when I gave my life to Christ all those years ago, I really meant it. What I didn't understand at the time was that Jesus had made a promise to me too. I've continued to discover that over the 42 years that I've known him, that it was always his intention to complete, uh, to help me complete this race. And the good news, friends, is it's his intention to help you too. Philippians 1 verse 6 says this, I'm, be, I'm confident of this, that he who begun a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. And then there's another verse in Jude um, verse 24, it says this, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault, and great joy. Hallelujah. Do you know, friends, you may have struggled, but God is on your side. You may have found that the race has become like a, 
treacle for you, bogged down. I want to tell you today, God is on your side. He's cheering you on. He wants you to get up again with his help. Whatever you've done, whatever you're feeling, whatever is holding you down, he wants uh, to help you. You know, I was reminded yesterday of this, that Daniel, when he was in the lion's den, wasn't delivered out of the circumstances, but God did deliver him from them. That's why the lions never hurt any part of his body. Hallelujah. Friends, would you, if you are able, please stand with me and then we can pray. Let's pray. Lord, please forgive us for the times when we haven't really trusted you. Would you please forgive us for the times when we've allowed ourselves to be sidetracked? And would you please help us today, Lord, to really connect back to you and not look for the circumstances to be changed, but, Lord, that we would know that you're there delivering us from them. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.